Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, we have got Northwestern University head coach, Katie Robinson. Katie, how's it going? It's good. How are you, Coleman? I'm doing well. You know, just like you, just running through this conference marathon, you're coming off the women's meet, uh, you're going into the men's meet. And the, the women had a really seems like a really successful performance. You said you were, you were happy, not satisfied, but happy with their results. Uh, they ended up fourth overall. And it was interesting because, you know, obviously there, there's kind of a glaring hole there. You've, you've got, you're missing a senior leader on the team and a top point score in Calypso Sheridan. Uh, and yet you were able the, the women threw down. Uh, so heading into this meet, did you have, did you have expectations for this team? Um, you know, it's interesting because expectations seem like a really heavy word. You knowing the year we had, um, with, with COVID protocols and, um, and our, you know, our spaces in between where we didn't get to train. And so I don't think expectation would be the right word, but I would say we had a lot of hope. We had a lot of excitement, um, going into the meet and, they were ready to throw down. And, and it's interesting because I think you were mentioning how we didn't have Calypso on our team and, um, and we definitely miss her and we're excited for her to be here next year. Um, but I will say that like, it was a great opportunity for the other swimmers on our team to really step into like their own and the identity that our team needed to build throughout the season without Calypso was really important. And they did such a good job of it. And I was like, I was impressed as a coach watching them develop their own identity without the star that is Calypso Sheridan and um, becoming stars themselves. That was really a neat growth moment for us coaches to see. I mean, in developing an identity as a team and as individuals, I'm sure without having a lot of the normal interaction that a team normally has, I mean, how were they able to develop that over the course of this season? Again, when you can't gather as a team normally does. That's a great question. I don't know the answer to it. We we trained hard. We you know they felt pride around their training that they got to have, and um, in a, in our training groups, you know they were prideful. Like the breaststroke unit is really proud of like their you know training group and what we do in the training pool. And so once we got to the meets, and once the meets got started, they really started to jive with that identity. So I think the a little bit was results oriented when they started to see how many people were going lifetime best times that were shocking, even to us coaches, we were like, Whoa, okay, let's go. So yeah, I think it was, it was a lot of results oriented, uh, confidence building. I mean, and obviously the big 10 wasn't able to compete in the fall. You, you got a few meets in, in the spring, and then you had this massive swimming celebration that was a four and a half day conference meet. Um, what, how did I've talked to a couple other big 10 coaches, but I'm curious, you know, how, how you got your athletes ready for, for, a, for, a sorry, for an extra day of conference competition. Oh gosh. Um, it, how do you not get ready? I mean, you just, you still do the same thing. We didn't taper as much perhaps as a whole unit, like, we didn't go down as much because we lost two weeks in, in early January where we weren't able to train. So um, we, and we had had such good results throughout the season without having to like full taper down like the traditional two weeks. So we just kind of sharpened them up, got them um, feeling good. And then we went and raced. <laughs> I don't know that there's a whole lot of, you know, magic behind that. 
It's just yeah. getting them ready. I guess let me phrase it a different way. So you, that that's obviously the physical side of it. Emotionally, you know, three and a half day conference right. meet can be draining enough. A four and a half day meet, especially when the athletes aren't used to that long of a format for the Big Ten meet. Um, how how did you you know guide them through that, um, which can be a big roller coaster to to get get over? Yeah, that's. I don't know that we even focused on it a ton. It was just like, Oh, the meets four and a half days. Okay. Like these are these days and just refocusing like, okay, this is your rest day. You get a break day. That's really nice. And knowing our Northwestern students, they all like took classes <laughs> on the rest day and like exams. Like we had an exam because she didn't have a, a you know, event that day. <laughs> so it was, uh, but it was, it was actually really helpful. I thought um, the student athletes seemed to, to roll with the punches of that pretty well. They liked having an off day in the middle of the meet somewhere, um, especially at our relay summers, because if they didn't have an event that morning, but then they were on a relay at night, they could really um, just prepare for that relay really well. Um, I liked not having relays on the same day as the like hundred of stroke, especially for our four medley relay. Um, Cause sometimes those, on those days you have to do three 100s of your best stroke like that, you know, like that's a lot, you know? And so, yeah, I thought I, I liked it. I don't know that I, I would vouch for doing that in years to come. I don't know how I feel about that. I'd have to take some time to really think about that, but um, in the moment it was fine. <laughs> nice. And I mean, it's your first year as, as the head coach of the program um, and heading into NCAAs now, not having had the data point of NCAAs last year, I mean, you know how the team did at conference and then, you know, NCs were canceled. So not having had that data point, but now having had, let's call it a quarantine taper, you know, for this conference meet, how do you feel heading into NCAAs physically just with their the athletes' preparation? You know, I was just thinking about this this morning because um, – in our conference meet different, usually we have a lot more weeks in between our conference meet and NC2As, but we backed up our conference meet as late as we could go. So now we have a two and a half week turnaround um, between conference and NC2As. And um, I, you know, it's interesting because we didn't rest that much, you know? And so I think what we'll just continue to do is, is sharpen them up and they're not going to feel great. It's going to be a little bit kind of wonky these first like few days swimming out the me. And then they're going to do a set on Wednesday that they're not going to be really happy about. <laughs> I'm sure. But, um, but we talked about like the plan moving forward with, with each of them. And they know that like a lot of them, cause we prepared for NC2As, we were getting ready to leave. You know, and so we had done that preparation. So they know kind of how they're going to feel. You're, we're going to have to push it a little bit um, when they don't feel good and, you know, get over it and <laughs> move on to the next day. And you'll start feeling better by the time we get to that meet. So, um, yeah, I don't, I think taper is like the word that we're not really using this year. It's more just like rest and sharpen up. So, and, and a lot of them, they're kind of think they're on the same page. They're like, I don't, yeah, I don't want to like do the traditional rest for two weeks and think it helped us um, be pretty strong in our 200s on that last day. Um, so I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. And going back to the meet, um, were there moments during the, the championships that surprised you as a coach? Oh man, I just, the relays, like we, we've never been that high of placing team in the big 10 in, in many, many years. And so to get second place in both medleys, 
And then to get third place on the last night with the NCAA cut in that 400 free relay, like fighting to the end. I'm just like, I'm really proud of, of our team for fighting, especially on those relays. Cause that's like when you really embody the team atmosphere and in the race. And so I'm really proud of that. I think, you know, some, one of the races that I love to highlight because a lot of times you, you highlight obviously your top kids and they get a lot of accolades and that's great and fun. But um, one of our, one of our swimmers, Becky, she made her first uh, big 10, a final in the 200 breaststroke dropping three seconds off her best time. Um, and that was just like, a really, she's our captain. She's senior. And that was just like a really special moment um, for her and for all of us. Yeah. Uh, a, a unique moment that I have to ask about, uh, is, oh, I there know. Was an, you know, you know, what's coming. I know it's coming. <laughs> There's an honest effort DQ, um, to give some context that it was, it was a DQ the, in the hundred backstroke. Yes. Uh, swimmer went one Oh two after making the a final. And then I think there was a celebration and there was speculation that the celebration was might have been the reason for that DQ. But from from the coach's perspective, can you break down that situation for me? Sure. Um, well, first of all, I I should have known of that rule and I didn't. So I, I totally own that mistake. And um, and I was born and raised to uh, to own my mistakes when I make them. And so I, I take ownership of that. And then um, the celebration at the end. This is Miriam. She's a lovely young woman. And I'm, I'm upset in the sense that it came off wrong. Like she was hyped. She did so well to make both A finals, you know, in the morning session. And we were really excited about that. And we did have a strategic game plan of like, you know, swim the hunter back, don't like gun it. And then let's go hard on this two fly because that two fly, she's very, very talented and has a really good shot had, um, you know, just a great time in, in scoring points. So it was a strategic call for us coaches and um, the celebration at the end. Yeah, it came off really wrong, but I think it was her just being silly with her teammates and she was hyped for it. And it is what it is. I would, I would ch- change some things, but I, I think it came off a lot more offensive than I think it was ever intended. And um, yeah, we're moving on. It was, you know, to be honest, like that, that was like a moment right in the meet where it could have gone both ways. And the the fact that our next event was hundred breaststroke and Tata led off in getting second out of the B final from lane one in that heat. And then Sophie and Hannah getting second and third overall in the, from the A final in the hundred breaststroke in that very next event was like a really big step of resilience for the team. So again, it was a little bit of a weird moment, but um, we recovered and you just got to move on and learn from those, those mistakes. I, I'm, I'm happy to he, to get context from you from that because I didn't even know about it. And then we put out an article kind of going into a dive and I had certainly heard, never heard of an honest effort DQ. And it was, it was kind of like, wait, what? Um, so a bit of a bizarre moment, but I think it's good to get context. And it, it seems, it seems like something you, you learn from and move on from, like you said, um, <clears throat> so, uh, to, to wrap things up, um, heading into NCs just as, as, a, well, let's, sorry, let's back it up. You've got the men's meet this week. 
Yes. Uh, how, how are you feeling about the men heading into uh, Big Tens this weekend? Good. I They've been strong all season long, and um, they, they're they definitely hungry for it. We rested them a little bit more, um, and we sharpened them up as a men's team, as you would. And, um, yeah, we just actually got done with a little swim around over here at um, Ohio State. And so they're looking good. Their paces are good. <laughs> Everybody's looking great. And um, I think they're just eager to, like, have a championship meet for so long both teams were like, not sure if this could really get pulled off. And so we're really grateful for the opportunity. And uh, I know that they like to get really rowdy and I'm very excited for that. Do, do you feel like the women kind of set the stage and, and maybe, <clears throat> I don't know if overperformed is the right word, but you know, they, they, they had a really good showing uh, at their championships. And do you feel like the energy on the men's team maybe changed a little after seeing what the women did? Oh yeah. They, they're a tight unit. Like our men's team and our women's team are like really great at cheering for each other and just like being really supportive. And so I know our men's team back home, they were like asking like, Hey, can we get together and like have it on a big screen? And the COVID rules are like, no, sorry. But like, I know they were all watching and, uh, I, I don't, yeah, they're, they're cheering them on, um, throughout the whole week and, and getting pumped themselves. So I think, uh, yeah, I think we, the women did a great job of like doing um, just awesome for themselves, but then also pumping the men's team up. And uh, now it's the men's team's turn and we're excited. Well, Katie, I appreciate you taking the time out of your very busy uh, 10 days to sit down and chat with me. Any parting thoughts before we sign off? Uh, go cats. You've been listening to the swim swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swim Podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.